Welcome to Denny Toratories the World, my way. If you're a foodie, this is the show for you. What's up, Denny Tornator Eats the World listeners from all around the world? Next time you come to Orlando, you're going to have to stop and see what this show is all about. Tornator's Restaurant Italian Market at 3818 Edgewater Drive, Orlando. We have one of the top chefs in Orlando. We are made from scratch food, some of the best around. Give us a call, 407-292-2248 to make your reservations. And if you're interested in advertising on this show, give Denny a call at 407-937-8583. We'll get you on here. Welcome back, my foodie friends. This is episode 25, Denny Tornator Eats the World My Way, and I am rolling. I feel great bringing some. It's episode 25, quarter of a century. This new podcast is Growing and growing. I love to see all. I welcome all the new listeners from around the world that I keep seeing bugging it. So you all have been sending in messages and stuff. That's cool. I like how you interact on the uh, the Anchor Spotify website thing. I don't know. So low tech. But I like seeing those messages and questions. I appreciate that. So why do I feel so good? Because you guys have been on this journey with me. This This particular podcast started... In October of 2022, you know, the story, I was, Denny Maria Eat the World ended, we broke up, and then we got back together on this podcast, and we broke up again, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is back then, in 2022, episode one of this show, I was telling you guys, I'm on a mission, I will not be stopped, and I was 240 pounds that day, <laughs> I was like, damn, the heaviest I've ever weighed. Because, you know, we were eating the world. I wasn't working out. But I went on this mission. I've been dropping weight, getting in shape, feeling great. And it's all about dedication, you know. And I got stuck about six months ago at about between 210 and 215. And I just couldn't lose any more weight. And I was like, what is wrong? And I was packing my lunch every day, bringing what I thought was healthy food and, and really trying to get to my goals, you know? Well, I met this really cool girl and we've been talking and she said, well, have you ever heard of this app that she has? Cause I was like, man, you're super healthy. Well, she showed, turned me on to this Yuka app and I'm not being paid to say this. I promise you. I'm just, I'm, I am sending you this info for free. Y U K A. It's an app. When you go to the app store, it's going to be a little carrot. This app is now, now this morning I weighed 203. And now I realized <laughs> what this app does is you take it to the grocery store with you. Anything with a barcode, you scan it with this app, and it'll tell you the truth. It's going to say poor, bad, good, fair, excellent. And it ranks them one through 100. Now, <laughs> for this whole time that I've been working out and thought I was eating right, I was scanning all of those healthy things that I was eating, and they were all bad for me. You know, I was eating kind bars every day. You know, you get them at the grocery store. They advertise them as they're such healthy things. Kind bars are so bad for you. I was eating yogurt every morning with berries. I get my Greek yogurt with berries and granola. Oh, this stuff's going to, this is helping. And it, it, and it did help me lose weight. But the yogurt I was eating was so bad for me. So you take the app. Now I found one that is rated 90. You know, there's some uh, Kashi cereals out there. They're rated 100, and they're actually really good. The little berry stuffed ones look like shredded wheat stuffed with berries. I eat handfuls of that every day, man. I'm telling you, it's working. Now that I have this app, I cannot wait to step on that scale and see 199 
I have been, been less than 200 in so many years. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. And uh, what else is going on? We had some killer charcuterie class the other day. I've got a bunch of events coming up. We are doing a comedy and dinner show this weekend. I've got a level two class the following weekend. The next day, I've got my collaboration dinner with Francesco. We had to reschedule it. Uh, he got stuck in Italy, but we're going to knock it out of the park come uh, the 24th. And then level three of the Tornatore Charcuterie Academy starts in October. I cannot wait. So I have been sitting on some big news for a while, and now it's getting closer and closer, and I can't wait. You know, I'm really practicing practicing patience, not, you know, blabbing my mouth off. I want the deals to be done, everything to be in place, because I've got a life-changing thing that I've been working my butt off. And... You know, I do it like I do it. when I set my mind to something like this, like when it was time to open the restaurant, I worked, I bartended and worked every day and I sacrificed. I didn't go out after work like I normally would. I saved every penny, I saved a hundred grand in a year and went to open my restaurant. Thank God I had partners at the time because it ended up costing way more than that. But what I'm doing now is this approach in life where if you give yourself a plan B, you're you're gonna take plan B. You know, you're you're setting yourself up with an out. Okay. So like the really good generals in war back in the day, you know what they would say? They would say, burn the fucking ships. And what do they mean by that? That means we're yeah, we came in on these ships, burn them because we're not going home. We're not bringing food. We're eating their food tonight. So you have to go in with a mentality that there is no plan B. What I'm going to do is what I'm going to do. Because with human beings, if you give them the chance to pussy out, they will. But if it's your back's against the wall and it's like, okay, I'm all in. Because right now, I am all in on what I'm doing. And it's going to be life-changing and it's coming up soon. So I can't wait to break the news. But I'm going to practice patience and not talk about it yet. till it's like right there. So this episode, we're going to do a little travel. Remember the cool girl I told you about who told me about the Yucca app? Well, she invited me. She lives in Daytona, Daytona Beach, Florida. Now, she invited me to come stay the weekend with her. And now Daytona, let me explain to the people around the world. When you move to Florida from New York, as I did when I was in my teenage years, Daytona is the place that you would go to go underage drink and you know they're they're famous for spring break and kids getting wasted and the bike week, black college reunion. It all happens at Daytona Beach. It's kind of trashy. Um <laughs> literally, I would never I never went there. I grew up here. I never went there to go to the beach. You know, my beaches are New Samarna and and Ponce Inlet, which is kind of Daytona. I love Ponce Inlet as well. But Daytona has always been somewhat trashy and touristy. It's a weird blend of white, trashy, touristy, and messy, <laughs> like druggy. Um, they really took a toll on that area. It got really bad there. I, w- I hadn't been in years. My friend invited me. She said, oh, you want to come to Daytona? You stay at my house. We'll have a great weekend. I said, absolutely. So... I was in the back of my mind thinking, I'm going to Daytona like it's spring break again. Well, I was pleasantly surprised when I got there because they really redid a lot of that main street and that South Daytona area and that area in between Daytona and Ponce Inlet. They really fixed it up and uh, modernized it. Um, 
we go and she's got this idea. She wants, she's, she's athletic and she likes to ride bikes and things. Now she said, if you're oh, there's this rate a place up the road. It's great. You can rent electric bikes and they're like super fast and it's fun. Now this is labor day weekend. Okay. It's a hundred degrees out. So I said, all right, let's go have just a fun day, ride the bikes, drink some beers, eat some food. We'll go all over the place, you know? So we go to this place called Daytona Outdoors at 2408A1A. And Daytona Outdoors was great. The guy that worked there was super friendly and helpful, like surfer dude. They got all kinds of bikes. Now there's beginner ones, big ones. I've never rode an electric bike, but I mean, I ride a motorcycle. I ride a bike. It can't be that hard. So he looked at us and said, hey, are you experienced? She said, I am. I said, I'll figure it out. He said, I'm going to put you on our best bikes. You know, these the, the tires on these things were huge. These are beach cruisers with, with like an electric motor. Well, we get them out front. It wasn't even that expensive. I want to say it was 100 bucks for the two of us to take them for like the whole day. And I said, well, how do you do it? And he said, just jump on and start pushing that. You'll figure it out really quick. So now we take off from A1A. And my friend has this idea. She said, you know, we should take these bikes down to Ponce Inlet. It's maybe eight, 10 miles from here. And, uh, you know, it'd be fun. And I said, all right, I haven't been. I used to fish out of Ponce Inlet. So I, I'm very familiar with that area. Um, but I hadn't been in years. So we go cruising, right? Now we're literally, this thing's so fast. I'm driving down the street with it. You know, it's like riding a dirt bike almost, but it's electric. It's super quiet. So we take the nice ride. The sun, I don't realize, is just destroying me. I don't have no sunscreen on. I wasn't even dressed. I didn't have board shorts on. I had on just like shorts and a t-shirt and a hat because I didn't realize we were going to be so beachy that day. But, man, oh, man, there's a huge storm going on outside right now. I don't know if you guys can hear the thunder, so apologize if you do. Great, Good old Florida weather. So Ponce Inlet is next to Daytona. So if you're coming down the main bridge from International Speedway, I mean, and that's the other thing I, I didn't even mention that Daytona is really known for is the Daytona 500, the Daytona International Speedway. I have had some amazing times there. I don't go to the Daytona 500 that often. I've been, but I used to always go to the Coca-Cola or the Coke Zero 400. It used to be called the Firecracker 400 back when I first moved here because it was always on 4th of July weekend, and it's a night race. So you freaking tailgate all day i would throw these legendary tailgate parties and then boom we walk over to the track as it's getting dark and the, it gets cooler out because it's not it's not dark anymore i mean it's not sunny anymore the cars are all shined up under the spotlights and man we've had some great times at that race so definitely check out the daytona international speedway if you're coming out here because this is legendary racing stuff and what's cool is they used to race that race on the beach in Daytona. So we'd go down to A1A, down the beach, down A1A, down the beach. You look, look that stuff up. And almost every restaurant, in the, obviously the Speedway, they have great pictures of it and stuff. So we went down to Ponce Inlet on these bikes. And I love Ponce Inlet. It's not as touristy as Daytona. A lot of the locals go there. And they've got a lot of cool stuff. They've got this great lighthouse. Beautiful. And uh, a couple bars and restaurants, little shopping areas. They have this turtle rehab center that I absolutely love, you know. And I want to say it's, don't quote me, I don't fact check, so don't write in pissed off if I'm wrong right now. Uh, SeaWorld or Marineland, one of those two own it, and they and they use it for turtle rehab, and then they release the turtles back right there at the beach. So where we went was a place called an old classic at Pond Sandland. It's called Down the Hatch. It's on the water. It's a party place. 
Uh, we rode our bikes up there, and uh, I was ready for a drink when I got there because it was so hot, and we rode them bikes for 10 miles probably. I mean, it's not like I was pedaling the whole time. It's an electric bike. But I was just to give myself a feel, good feeling. Her and I both were pedaling as we went, but you really didn't even need to. So this place opened in 1977. They've got this really great beach outdoor vibes. We walked up. The patio was packed. They had live music. People were jamming out like, you know, Fleetwood Mac type of stuff. Beach songs, you know, it was really good. But I got a table right in front, and I... and. Ordered a couple drinks. My day went to the restroom because we, we just rode for so long. Freshen up. And as she came back, she looked at me and said, man, it's hot. And it was. Um, it wasn't. It was almost like you, I couldn't enjoy myself. It was so hot. She goes, you know, would you mind if we go eat inside? And I said, actually, that sounds like a great idea. Inside, there's nobody in there, and it's quiet and air conditioning. And thank God, right when I walked in, I was like, great idea. Because you can still see the people and hear the music, and you're right there on the water still. But it's 70 as opposed to 100. And you can only, you can't eat hot food in that kind of sun. I mean, we were hungry. So we got a couple cocktails. I got, a, I, we got actually had some beers because it was so hot. And uh, we ordered some calamari, you know, good calamari. Um, I like calamari that is not super breaded or super crunchy. And this was really good. And they used the baby, uh, they were really small ones. So, I really enjoyed the tentacles on this one because normally I don't like the really big ones. But, man, it was really done great. I got to be honest. That little side salad was super basic. My dressing, I made the wrong choice. It sucked. <laughs> I a, I would, I, normally I'm going to get oil and vinegar or something. She said, oh, we have the strawberry yogurt vinaigrette. It's really good. And I was like, oh, you know what? It's a hot day. This might be good. So, well, it was like too much yogurt or something. I don't know. I didn't like it. But uh, my date's super health girl, so she had some uh, broiled snapper and uh, some broccoli, and and she really enjoyed it. It was super fresh. You can tell that. I mean, they're catching snapper right off the dock there. It's it's incredible. I mean, not right off the dock. You got to drive out a mile or two, but they're constantly getting fresh fish in, snapper and grouper especially. Um, I got a fried shrimp dinner, and it came, you know, it's fried shrimp and fries basically. Now, I got to say... These fried shrimp were cooked to perfection. I mean, if they're overdone and and they get like not rubbery but too crunchy, like too I hate when people scorch shrimp and just overcook shrimp. These were tender, crunchy enough, and delicious. I could have sat there drinking beer and popping these fried shrimp in my mouth like all day. I could have ate three plates of this and just been so uncomfortable and wouldn't even care. So if you're looking for a a place where Jimmy Buffett vibes are going on, like older crowd, but it's your it's beach vibes big time. And Down the Hatch was pretty damn good, so I I, I recommend it. I gotta say. So we leave there, and now mind you, this is Labor. This is this day I'm talking about is on Sunday of Labor Day weekend. The beach is a effing madhouse. Okay, so it's super busy. So we're riding these electric bikes, but we're in the traffic. You know what I mean? And the, my date said, you want to do something cool? I said, yeah. She said, follow me. And she just took off on her bike. She goes down this little private ramp, and we're on the beach. And now this bike is way more fun. Oh, excuse me. I just ate a huge plate of Taste of Chengdu leftovers <laughs> that I had from last night. Uh, one of my favorite restaurants in the world. My boy, Chef Tiger, 
fed me so much and I had so much food to take home. I literally just ate it again. And I'm just like, whoa, my God, I'm burping on the show here. Well, back to the beach. We are cruising on these bikes, right? And there's a lot of people on the beach. It's Labor Day weekend. So not only are we flying, we're, there's a speed limit on the beach, 10 miles an hour. We're going like 30 on these bikes, right? And I, we're dodging people. And she said, hey, man, listen, <laughs> I know you're having fun, but keep an eye out. If there's a hole that somebody dug that they were playing in, you're going, you're wiping out if you hit that hole. So please. So we're flying. I see cops coming and I go to hit the brake and I almost lost it. Like I hit the brake and the, it was on wet sand and my bike went almost slid off from under me. And I was like, oh crap, I saved it. Kind of waved at the cop. I was like, oh, you know, like, I don't know that you're supposed to go 10. I'm sorry. They weren't busting balls. They were so busy. So we keep cruising. And now we got, I said, hey, let's just ride all the way back to Daytona. Screw the road. Let's stay on this beach. She's like, hell yeah. So we go, we cruise all the way back, 10 miles on the beach. It's freaking fantastic. These bikes are made for this. And she said, I know this great ice cream place. It's right near my house. Now she lives literally in the action of Daytona. Like a really great little area, really, really cleaned up nice. And now back in the day, I would never live there. Just 15 years ago, I mean, I saw some, I've been shot at there. You know, this was not a great area. But man, man, did they fix it up. So she takes me to this place that I absolutely fell in love with. Zeno, I don't know if it's Zeno's or Zeno's, Z-E-N-O-S. Zeno's homemade candies. And man... Oh, man, they are at 1103 Main Street Bridge, established in. They've been making the candy since 1948, okay? Now, they've got, you walk in, and well, before you even walk in, in the window, they have the old school candy maker where they can make like that glass-looking candy and the taffies and stuff. So this place is very well-known. They have all kinds of specialty chocolates when you walk in, and I didn't get any of those, but I could tell. They were all fantastic. I mean, I'm looking at the picture right now. I want some of those chocolate-covered potato chips, some of those peanut butter cups. I mean, they, they very beautiful. And they have a whole bunch of fudge, like all different flavors of fudge. It's a beach candy store, you know, in Florida. What they're really famous for is this taffy. When I post a picture of the wall of taffy, they have every flavor. You name a fruit, I bet you they got a taffy of it there. And, uh, man, they're making money. But what did we go there for? We were freaking sweating from riding back on that beach. She said, oh, man, I, I hear this place has got great ice cream. Holy, do they have great ice cream? It's some of the best I've ever had. So I'm not sure if they're making it there or where they're getting it from. But she got a butter pecan waffle cone and let me taste it. And it was the best butter pecan I've ever had in my life. And I got one called The Boss. And holy crap, man, vanilla ice cream with like, peanut butter swirl and chocolate swirl inside of it. It was to die for. We sat in front of that place like little kids. It took me back to my childhood. Here we are, two grown-ups who rode bikes to the, can the ice cream and candy store. And I sat there and we ate those ice cream cones. And man, I was like, this is some of the best ice cream I've ever had. She was like, man, <laughs> now I'm pissed because now I'm going to be here all the time. I've literally lived here for years and never came here. I just heard it was good. And I was like, well, if I lived here, I'd be a fatso. So I'm glad I don't. So what else is going on? We got all kinds of, I just watched a show. Normally I don't let TV piss me off or affect me. Sometimes I'll watch some crazy true crime stuff and it'll, it'll like haunt me a little bit. Like, damn, I can't believe people are so evil. 
but I just watched the documentary and I recommend watching it, but I'm warning you now, it's going to piss you off. It's called BS High, BS High, which stands for Bishop Sycamore High. It's just funny that their name stands, their logo, like their, it's literally BS because this school was BS. It's on Hulu and man, you want to punch the coach in the face so bad. So this guy's a con man, and he I'm not going to give it away, but I'll give you the premise. I don't know if you guys remember. If you're sports fans, and speaking of sports, football just started. Redskins are 1-0, undefeated. Watch out. But back to this story. Bishop Sycamore High, BS High, the show. Back in 2022, there was a big story of some con man, and there was a high school IMG versus Bishop Sycamore, and they were going to be on ESPN, and... That's when their cover got blown because they were on TV. Now, this guy, the coach, he's literally the biggest scumbag con man you ever met. What he did was he wanted to be a football coach so bad, and he, he went and hustled the church to support, to sponsor his team, basically. And then he went and recruited kids in Los Angeles that were really down on their luck. Oh, my parents are in jail. Oh, my grades, whatever. I'm, my gang, bang, whatever the the horrible story is he looked for those kids and he prayed on them. And he said, Hey, we're starting this new school. That is all about football. You go to the school, you're going to the NFL. Forget about classes. We don't even do classes. We just play football. Now what they're trying to do is bite off this school here in Florida called IMG, which is the number one school in the country, pretty much for high school sports. Now the kids that go there, <laughs> they study, they go to school, but it's also militant football you're coming they have better facilities than some college and nfl teams like this is serious high school football so this guy's such a good con man not only does he create this fake school but he puts these kids to practice he's ripping people off left and right to feed them and making them think they're part of some big school and their future's so bright he would never hurt them little do they know he's taking loans out in each one of their names to finance this now he ends up getting a schedule made to travel the country and play against some of the top teams, high school teams in the country. So he's got an 11-game schedule, and when the schedule maker, the, the, the boss of all high school football saw this, he said, man, this Bishop Sycamore team is literally playing against some of the top teams, and they're playing against IMG on ESPN. So the game is on a Sunday, and... The Friday night before the game, he says, you know what, kids? I got us a warm-up game. We're going to play a game against some other school today. Two days before, they're going to play the best team. You don't do that. You're lucky to play one game a week and be able to recover for the next game. So long story short, when Bishop Sycamore plays IMG on ESPN, it's almost comical, the actual football, because they're just – I mean, Bishop Sycamore is losing yards. They're, it's 40 to nothing at halftime maybe. I don't remember. Well – Bishop Sycamore is so unprepared. They don't have a training staff. They don't have doctors. They don't have equipment. They just showed up. They're not even a school. They're not even a school. So kids start getting hurt. Kids start tearing their ACLs. I mean, one player after another for Bishop Sycamore is getting broken legs and stuff. These IMG kids are no joke. And the others, you know, the, the refs are like, where's your training staff? Where's your doctors? And he's like, oh, I, I, we don't have any. And he's like, this guy needs to be carded. Like, you guys are supposed to supply this. So this guy's cover started getting blown about halftime. You know, the announcers are like, this is so unmatched, it's not even fair. So then they start doing a little digging, and by the end of the football game, they're calling him out. They're like, this, I don't have any information on the school. 
So I'm not going to give away the end, but man, it's going to piss you off because the guy is such a scumbag just taking advantage of these kids. It really made me mad. So I'm going to let that go. If you're a restaurant owner in Florida, you need to listen to this. Tartufo Prestige is an amazing company that you need to be dealing with. Any Michelin star restaurants in Florida already use these guys. They're an Italian-based company, but they offer luxury truffles and mushrooms from around the world. Tornatores uses these guys and could not be happier. Come to Tornatores, check out that mushroom parpadel that everyone buys, or the truffle pasta. These dishes would not be possible without my friend Kevin over at Tartufo Prestige. If you want the best truffles, the best mushrooms, and the best service, give my man a call at 321-442-3040. Tell him Denny Tornator eats the world my way sent you. So after the ice creams and the riding bikes, a great lunch at Down the Hatch, I, I wanted to do something special that night because I was going to be spending the night there, and I wanted to impress her. I said, you know, let me look for a restaurant. Denny Tornator eats the world. I'll find something awesome. And we will go and enjoy. We're going to get dressed up. It's going to be awesome. So I'm searching. Daytona don't have this great, like, reputation for being a foodie town by any means. It's a lot of tourist crap, a lot of NASCAR stuff, a lot of bars with just bar food. But I'm looking at what's the highest rated, nicest restaurant around here. Now, problem was a couple of them were closed because it was Sunday, but you would imagine why wouldn't you open on Labor Day weekend? I don't care if you're normally closed on Sundays. Like the beach was busy. Well, I found a place called Blue Flame. Now it's an 1870 Victory Circle, Daytona Beach. And I should have did a little more re reading, I guess. But from the pictures and the reviews, I was like, this is going to be nice and this is going to be awesome. So I make a 7 o'clock reservation. We're hanging, watching some TV, getting ready to go. We start getting dressed. We get dressed up. She's looking hot, and it's time to go to the Blue Flame. So I GPS to get there, parked the car, and I was like, damn, this might be a tourist trap, I said to her, because this is literally right across the street from the International Speedway. And I was like, you know, it can't be because – it's just so nice in the pictures, you know. But I, I went in precautious. For I was very, very cautious. I didn't know, you know. We parked the car, and the weird thing was, right away, I can't find it. Like I'm in the area, I'm in this little shopping district, and I'm walking like right to where my GPS says this place is, and I just don't see it. And this went on for we're now we're ten minutes late for our reservation, and I was like, did they go out of business? I don't understand. And then as we walked back by for the fifth time. She's like, oh, my God, look. And there's a sign that says Blue Flame Upstairs. So they should advertise it's more on the second floor. And then I see the sign that says Blue Flame, second floor at the Daytona Hotel. And I said, this is a hotel restaurant? Oh, man. So I go up there, and I said, okay, what a great view looking across the street at the track. That's cool. But now my tourist trap senses are really tingling. And I'm like, man, I hope I didn't just bring this girl on a date to some touristy place. We walk in the front door, and it's literally in you, – if you want to go in the hotel from that side, you're going through the restaurant. So it's almost – it's pretty much in the lobby, the hotel. It's in the hotel lobby. It's, it's very cool decorated, though. Now we're across the street from the – we're across the street from the track. You know, they have these cool decorations. They have, they have Denny Hamlin's Daytona 500 winning car in the lobby with all the ticker tape, confetti still on it. They had some really cool new race cars, some really cool old vintage ones that they used to drive around. 
And these are in the restaurant, full-size cars. It was really cool. Um, great decor. Very, very cool. So I love the ambience. Now, I'm looking at this menu, and I'm nervous. I'm like, I told her, I said, I'm not sure if this is going to be great. Overall, it was very good, I would say. Now, I started out with the vodka, and I ordered an app, and this is where I messed up. I, I wish I didn't get this app. Now, I'm going to read to you what it's called and what's in it, and then you think what you think it would be, and then I'll tell you what it was. So it's called the Sin City Track Pie. Roasted garlic cream, shrimp, spinach, mozzarella, crushed garlic, and lemon. So I'm picturing some sort of pie with, like, the seafood in it, like a tart almost, you know? And what came out was basically a flatbread with that stuff on it. And I was like, damn, I know better. So was it good? It was all right. You know, it was. I wouldn't get it again for sure. What I really did like is the way they serve their bread and butter. They come out with this little baby mason jar of whipped butter with, like, garlic in it. It's flavored. It's really good. And this great, crusty, almost Italian-like bread with rosemary. Loved that. Now, she got this roasted chicken. And let me read it to you. So, hot honey glazed. Confit crisp potato, roasted asparagus. It's called the Chiselhurst Roasted Half Chicken. Now, it came out looking amazing. The problem was it was very overcooked. So the, the actual chicken was very dry. And I was like, darn, I feel bad for her. I was like, well, we learned. And I got a filet. Now, the filet was 46 bucks, And... It comes with roasted asparagus and garlic mashed potato, but there's such a small amount. Uh, we're talking about two pieces of asparagus and just enough potato to be the size of the filet. So it's a very small plate. And I'm like, damn, I'm such a fatso. I don't want to eat three of these because that's 150 bucks. And it was good. Yeah, it was good. It was a good filet. Was it the top quality meat? If I had to guess, I'd say no. I don't think it was that well. It wasn't like prime or anything like that. But I, I'm not complaining. I ate the whole thing. It was good. I just know better than. And if you're going to the race and you're a big NASCAR fan, you're coming from around the world, go there. Stay at that hotel. Go to that restaurant. Walk across the street to the track. Because if you're from Nebraska, North Carolina, wherever the hell you come from to watch the race, you're going to think it's good. I'm not saying it was bad. But for me, local, I wouldn't go back. Um, I need... This is for tourists. And it, they and what they did for tourists, they did it really good. They did it right. So I want dessert. And I look at their dessert menu, and she said, you know, these desserts sound all right, but what I would like is more of that ice cream from Thanos. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. Let's go back there. Two times in one day. I don't give a shit. So we pay the bill at Blue Flame, jump in the car. I'm racing down International Speedway like I'm Kyle Busch. Take the corner, boom, I'm at Zeno's, no time. And the lady looked at us like, is it deja vu? And we ordered the same exact thing, the same two ice creams. And there's 40 kinds of ice cream, but that boss was so good. So I said, screw it. And normally I'm going to get chocolate peanut butter if it's a new place or if I'm just, that's normally my what I'm going to pick. But man, this boss was so good. I was like, I want the same thing. So we walked down the boardwalk. It was really cool. Um, 
you know, it's, you know, it's night in Daytona and, uh, and I got to say, it's a lot safer than it used to be. It's a lot cleaner than it used to be. And it's still Daytona, but a lot of hurricane damage still that we saw during the bike ride for sure. But we went back to Zanos, <laughs> did it again. And I, I, next time I go uh, to see her, I'm definitely going to hit that place up again. Uh, big shout out to Austin from the Orlando Sentinel. He did a cool story about me um, a couple days ago in the paper. I'll post a picture of it. He gave me like a whole second page, uh, about a half page picture. And uh, basically because I like to give back and that's been my, that's been my reputation. And the reason I do it is because obviously I like to help people, but B is because karma always helps me whenever I do something nice for people. So, when you're when you live the screwed up life like I did for a long time, you did a lot of bad stuff. It's not going to work overnight. You can't just do one good thing and think something's going to happen. You got to pay for all that crap. So I had I paid for years, and now I got past the payment. And now when I do something good, something good happens. So I did this thing where I was looking at numbers, and I said, "Man, you know what? Food is starting. The price of food will never be what it was before COVID ever." But it is not as bad as it was during and after. So it's starting to go back down. The paper products are starting to slowly go back down. Obviously, some things are still through the roof. Beef gets crazy. Cheeses get crazy. But I started noticing, man, some I could, I could shave down the menu a little bit. And the reason why I decided to lower some of the prices was because I started to notice, you know, families of four that I saw once or twice a week, I was seeing once a month. And I said, where you been? You know, and I said, honestly, we can't afford to come here and get four entrees anymore. You know, we're leaving here for 150, 200 bucks. And I, and I started thinking, man, so should I have them here once a month and make good money off of them? Or should I have them here once a week and make less money? And it all, act, it all balances out. So I'd, and it, for a scratch kitchen, like my, my own, I like to push that food through, you know, fresh food constantly. So that's another thing about lowering the price, getting food in constantly, food going out constantly, butts are in the seats, we're slammed, and it's working. So thanks, Austin, for that write up, beautiful write-up. I appreciate it because it actually helped put the word out. All right, so we are going to do our recipe of the week. You know what? I'm going to give you an old classic Italian dessert recipe since we talked about all them sweets today. And it's one of my hottest sellers at the restaurant. It's tiramisu. Now, I make some of the best tiramisu you ever had. I promise you that. And I make it old school. A lot of people like to put marsala or sherry or this wine or that wine. I don't like alcohol in my tiramisu at all. But you do have to use good quality stuff. So you're going to have to start off by making espresso, a lot of it. Now, if you're making a huge batch of this, you can make some espresso and some coffee and mix it together. But if you're making just a small batch for yourself, just use espresso. Trust me. And use good espresso. Don't use that acidic kind. Ugh. So get a nice espresso, brew it, and cool it. Now, while that's cooling, you're going to make some heavy whipping cream. You're going to just take some heavy cream, sugar, a little vanilla extract, whip it. Whip it good. Then, once that's done, you got your nice peaks, nice fluffy whipped cream. Pop that in the fridge. Take, so if you're going to take a pint of mascarpone, you're going to take two egg yolks, yellows. Sorry. So two, two of the yellow of the eggs, put the yolks in. Beat that in your mixer with about, 
I don't know, four to eight ounces, depending how sweet you want it. Some people don't like it sweet at all. I'm not a big sweet sweet guy. I usually put about four ounces of sugar. Beat that in with the eggs so it makes like a nice yellow cream. Add your mascarpone, mix it some more. Now, once that's a nice paste, it's not going to taste the best yet. So don't start sticking your finger in there thinking you did something wrong. Take that mascarpone, egg, and sugar mixture and mix it with your whipped cream. But don't mix it in the mixer because it's going to ruin it. Flop it into a bowl and just fold it in gently and keep folding it in until it's a nice fluffy cream. Now, lady fingers are important. Don't get some crap. Get good ones, okay? So I use a Lessie brand. It's really good. They probably get it anywhere. So dip your, I don't know if you're going to make them in a cake pan or if you're just going to build it. You, can, you don't even need a pan. You can put it on something flat on a plate. It doesn't matter. So best way is in some sort of ceramic bowl pie crust thing, whatever, casserole dish. So dip your lady fingers in the espresso, and I usually put them in, and in my head I go one, two, three, and pull it out because you want it to absorb that espresso, but you don't want it to become a soggy mess. So just one, two, three, pull it out. You'll see it bubbling when you do it, and you might feel like they're too firm still, but they're not. They're, they're, they're still going to soak in. By the time you're done making it, these are going to be super soft. So start stacking them, Lincoln Log style, right next to each other. Like line them up right next to each other. Don't leave any spaces. Take your first layer of your cream that you made. And then I like to put mini chocolate chips next because I love texture. A little bit of crunch is nice. Then you're going to build the next layer. I usually go the opposite way with the uh, lady fingers that I did the first time. Same concept. One, two, three in the espresso. One more time on top with the uh, mascarpone mixture. Then, uh, then you want to let it sit overnight. Next day, it's ready to go. Pull it out, cover it with cocoa powder. And I like to take chocolate-covered espresso beans and throw a few of them on there. Bada boom. Man, that thunder's out of control. I said bada boom, and the freaking thunder went off outside. Leah, are you with me? Can we put it in mic on? Leah, can you hear me? Yeah. What that you. thunder, dude? Thank you for finally putting my mic on. Well, because I didn't want you, like, chiming in because you didn't go to Daytona. We have some really good guests coming up. Um, next week, I'm getting ready to record with Jason Shenfield. He's one of the top chefs. Man, this guy's journey. Wait till you guys hear this episode. I cannot wait. I've got Francesco coming in to do an episode. We're doing the Restaurant Impossible stuff. Um, I'm trying to book a couple other people. I don't want to say it until I got them, but uh, it's real exciting stuff for the show. So, Leah, do what did you think of this episode? Uh, it was good. Wow. You said, uh, like it wasn't. <laughs> You want to sing? People said that they wanted you to sing. Okay. Okay, listen. I'm going to give you 10 seconds. No. How many seconds? Five? No. None? Yeah, I'm not even going to sing. No, I'm not having you sing, like, long songs and stuff, okay? Because no, this is a quick I, show. I, this is I, the end. I don't even want to. You don't want to sing? I'm too shy. So. All right. You don't have to. All right. So, you know how you said that I should sing? How about, how about you see... If my dad should sing. Y'all don't want that. Unless <laughs> yeah. I'm singing like Johnny Cash or something like that. I got that kind of voice. Okay. I used to hit the high notes when I was a kid. I just can't do it anymore. So I'm not going to embarrass myself. Wait, wait, you know, you know, I can do a Mariah Carey note. You can do a Mariah Carey note? <laughs> yeah. Will you please just do it one time? <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. You might lose some hearing after this. Do it. Okay. Stop that. <laughs> All right, guys. We are out of here. We'll see you next week. Bye. 
If you liked what you heard today, please like, comment, and subscribe for more. And go follow our Facebook page where you can see all the photos from our episodes.